WCB Podcast, your source for all things Chicago Blackhawks and everything hockey, with your host, Let's do it. Jerem and Tanner. All right. Welcome to another edition of the WCB Podcast, episode 201. It's Jerem. It's Tanner. What's up, bud? Nothing much, man. You know, just having a good time watching hockey. <laughs> Not great hockey, but watching hockey. Yeah, lack of hockey night. Not much uh, hockey watching uh, with the Blackhawks, but uh, still shit to talk about because we have to. Um, coming off of a huge episode with Ronick, I think we're getting a lot of positive feedbacks on that one. People thought it was just fucking mind blowing that we somehow got Jeremy Ronick, which you know, no big deal. What what's up? Um, if you haven't listened to yeah. that yet, make sure to check that one out. It's definitely worth a listen. Um, he's a, he's a legend, all time I mean, legend. It's, it's just so funny to like hear like the live updates of like the Edmonton and Tampa Bay game during yeah. the interview. Like the fact that. We were the we heard about Evander Kane's injury from Jeremy Roenick is just hilarious to me. Yeah. But all right, that was last episode. This is the new episode, so let's get into it. Um, not a great week of hockey for the Hawks. Uh, between recordings between me and Tanner, there's four games played. Um, we're just gonna go through them really quick because there's not a lot to talk about here. Uh, first up, last Thursday. Rematch against the Kings. Uh, first time around, the Hawks won two to one in overtime. Uh, so guess what happens this time? The uh, the same, King, same thing. It's the Kings win two to one in overtime. This was this one was tough too. It was Mraz's first game back after the the groin injury. Uh, I thought he played pretty well in this one. He uh, definitely was the reason this game was to the point where it was at. Yeah, I mean, he was the whole whole reason that this game lasted as long as it did and went into OT and almost went into a shootout. Like they literally scored in overtime with two seconds left. It was like 1.4 seconds left. Kevin Fiala puts it away and it was just a heartbreaker, but you know, what I do you think uh, what's, what's really some positives from this is like last time we played the Kings, we got smoked in the face off circle. This time we play the Kings. And it's the complete opposite. It's like it was everything was the complete opposite of the last game. Yeah, that was that first game was Kane's or Taves' worst game in the faceoff draw, and he finished this game with an eighty-six win percentage. So I mean, and that just goes to show, like, if the, if they get like whooped in the faceoff, like that's a huge deal. But like, they made the adjustments, and that shit worked like really well. Like they probably noted like everything that these guys were doing. And watched fucking like film on it, and we're like, okay, well, whoever's coaching him on the faceoffs, it was just like, this is what you're gonna do instead, and like they won almost seventy percent of the faceoffs instead of like thirty. It was crazy. Yeah, the Hots, uh, Hots one goal, two came on the power play. It was nice to see them get a power play goal. It's been a little bit since they uh, were able to do that. Uh, they still only finished one for four in uh, on the power play, but you know what? Again. What a lot of people, and I think we're going to really hit this with the, with the last couple games is what we saw in the beginning of the season was, was just short of a miracle, you know, like it was not supposed to go the way it did. <laughs> so like the fact that it's like when we yeah. get little power play goals here and there kind of thing, it's like, Hey, take that for what it is because you know, this is more realistically of what this team was supposed to look like and be how they were supposed to be playing the season than what we saw the first Yeah, they weren't supposed to be coming coming back from coming back from two goals down like three games in a row and like winning those games like that wasn't supposed to be happening (laughs) yeah no um they followed that game up uh was it the next day no two days later playing the anaheim ducks who i think at that point were the worst team in the nhl um if not very much to it yeah um and the Ducks came out fired. <laughs> it uh just felt like vintage. Yeah, I know. Blackhawks. It, it like, was weird. Playing really down. 19 seconds into it, Troy Terry gets on the board. Um, and then about halfway through the first, Adam Henrique makes it two nothing. Um, and then you know, just the 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 team defense altogether in the beginning of that game was just like non-existent. And this is another one of those times where, like, Sarvid over, oh, like, oh my God, Arvid Soderblom, not Sarvid over, Overblom. Look at the fuck what I was thinking. Um, just like really keeps him in the game. 
uh, even though like gave up two kind of quick goals, like he let up nothing else after that. And right, the two made a lot of monster saves, and even the two goals that he he gave up, I think it was just team defense, just not yeah mean there for him. It they was a feed from behind the net in on the first goal that Zegers had, and found Troy Terry just by himself, and he went like short side high. And then Adam Henrique, it was like a broken play, and which I think it was a two on one. I don't think it was a breakaway, and he just sniped it like a perfect spot, like a perfect spot. Like not much you can do about that. Um, but I mean, before even the period ended, like everybody knew that the Hawks were going to go down. But like, who didn't want that to happen? Jared Tenorti. Noted <laughs> goal scorer. Yeah, Jared Tenorti comes into the season career high one uh, one goal. Um, Goes those two coming so into the, coming in the season, he's his career high for goals in the season was one, ties it in the first period of this game. Oh, oh, and then but he also uh, okay, I gotcha, uh, I see where yeah. you're going. And then in the second period, um, <laughs> another defenseman, first career goal, uh, Philip Roos gets his his first of his career, another defenseman, uh, Kane and Dome with the assist on that one, and then third period, noted goal scorer. Jared Tenorti doubles his career high. Yeah. Let's go. Hawks unleashes a bomb. Yeah. Oh my God. Not, not exactly a bomb. It was more of just a, a, a puck that had eyes because it yeah. ricocheted off of, I don't know how many things, but ended up in the net. And that was, that was hilarious to me when yeah. that happened. The, the main takeaway I, t- I took from this game was it was nice seeing defensive goals. I think there was only two, mm-hmm. Goals scored by defensemen all season at this point up until this game. So seeing three goals from defensemen was was clutch. Um, yeah, that would make sense. And then Soderblom again just impresses. Like we were talking about, like, yeah, he left a couple goals there, but he was making big saves and he was giving this team every reason, you know, every opportunity to get back in this one while they figured out what the hell they were doing in that first yeah. period. Like he was making the saves needed. Um, again, I just, I am so excited <laughs> that I really hope that this kid is able to continue to develop the way he has so far. And that when it comes time to be competitive again, that he is a, a piece of this. Yeah, I think he, I mean, kind of has shown it this year that like, hopefully this isn't just a little glimpse or flash that like is not something that he can continue to do in the future. Right. It's like it. I mean, if he can improve on this, then he's gonna be on, on like I was gonna say unstoppable, but he's the one that's stopping things. He's gonna be unbeatable. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then that goes up until Monday. Uh, back in Chicago, Hurricanes uh, were in town. Um, and this is a team that a lot of people have as Stanley Cup favorites. They are. They're off to a great start. Don't get me wrong, but it's not really where expectations were looking at. Um, they got hit hard with the injury bug. Um, I think Anderson's down. I th- um was it Tara Vinan's out? Uh is he? Yeah, they had a bunch of guys hurt and all that, but um definitely showed in this game why that. I don't know if they showed why they're a top team or if they just exposed the Hawks for, for what they really are. Yeah. Cause the Hawks didn't play well. I mean, the crazy thing about this too, is like the Hawks had a lot of good chances and they just could not capitalize on any of them. So it was like, that was like tough to watch because I mean, Kachekov had a good game, but like there was definitely plenty of, instances where the the Hawks should have buried it and they didn't. Oh yeah. Um, he, he stole this. He 100% stole this game. I think the Hawks on the power play had eight shots on net, um, six opportunities mm-hmm. on, on the power play. Um, and there was, oh, fuck, I should have pulled this up. I got to find this really quick. Cause I thought it was a really interesting stat for them. Um, throughout this game, they only had one dangerous um, scoring chance given up at five on five the hawks so they weren't the hawks yeah, yeah they weren't giving up a lot of of huge opportunities high danger scoring chances yeah. <laughs> um uh i mean it was it was just a it was a pretty decent game for Morazic. the I, I mean he played good the 
the two goals I think that were good were Jordan Stalls and Andrei Svechnikov's. Like Stall Stall picked a corner short side, um, and then Svechnikov had all day. Like couldn't break the puck out on, and he just ends up with it in front of the net. But the Jordan Martinuk goal, I was I thought was really questionable because I thought it was a high stick. And I, I when they were going on the replays on the um, Comcast Sportsnet, they were saying it too. At the end of the game, like Darling was saying, like he thinks like maybe he was wrong that like it does look like it was lower, but like still in my eyes, man, like his fucking sticks like up at the guy's shoulders. Like he they're not short people. The net's only four feet tall. Yeah. Like I don't think even if somebody's hunched over a little bit, like that's still higher than the crossbar. I it's, it's I like, just thought that like that's a shitty way to like not challenge something that could have ended up being like disallowed it's just kind of yeah. like oh whatever we'll take it all right like i wish they would have just challenged it and like if they did determine it was a good goal like the hawks i mean they didn't know that they were going to be good enough on the penalty kill to be perfect but like should have trusted the penalty kill a little bit more yeah um and who knows? it has been I mean, like their bad spot <laughs> could have been a more a momentum change or two who knows but it's Monday morning quarterback, you can't really like look at it too much at that point. Yeah, um, pretty much. And then on second, Wednesday... second shutout against the Hawks in the season already. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I know they're going to lose, but like I prefer to like keep it close, not get shut out, right? Yeah. Make it competitive. Um, yeah, the other shutout was what four nothing against the Jets, right? Yeah, in Winnipeg. Oh, shit. It's a third shutout then because they also lost one to nothing against Vegas, like second game of the year. Was it against? Did they lose four nothing to the Jets? No, uh, you look, it might have been four to one. Uh, let's see real quick. Check their schedule. No, four nothing Jets. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, three. third shutout against. That's kind of shit. <laughs> and then, well, I mean. They only have seven regulation losses, and three of them are fucking shutouts. Like, that sucks. So either you're fighting hard or you're just giving up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then talk about a shit show of a game Wednesday night. The St. Louis Blues come to town who, ever since we talked about them on their eight-game losing streak, they've uh, they found a way to turn it around a bit here. Um, back into contention. St. Louis. Came out strong. I you you watched the highlights of this one. I straight up did not watch this. I'll be honest. Did not. I had no interest in watching this. I, reason that day. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get the chance to watch it because it was on TNT and I'm fucking have it. Um, but even the highlights, like, there's literally no Hawks highlights except for the Athanasio goals. Which to note, like Athanasio scores almost a halfway into the second period. So the Hawks in this four game stretch. From the time that Taylor Radder scored in like the first period against the Kings, didn't have a, a goal by a forward in the next two games, and then not until the second period against the Blues. So like that's not from good. from the first period of the Kings game to the second period of the uh, Blues game, it's basically nine full periods of scoreless forwards for the Hawks. Not, that's not fucking fun to watch. That's not good. Yeah, you can't you can't have that. Um, but I mean, yeah, the highlights just show like Caleb Jones just did not have a game, did not play well. Uh, regular, I mean, a, a, one of the goals goes off of him. Like, not much you can do about that. But the highlights just showed them kind of like also just kind of standing a little bit with their sticks in the air and just kind of like, what are you doing in front of Jeez. your net? Yeah, here's the mind-blowing fact about that is Kayla Jones was a minus five that game in 14 yeah. minutes and 39 seconds of play. Holy yeah. shit. He, Almost uh, every three minutes of him being on the IC, the Hawks got a goal score against him. That is so bad, and he needs to sit up in the press spots for a little bit, I think. I think they need to, they need to take him and realize that he is not his brother. He they cannot just say because he is a Jones, he can't just fill in the, the role of his brother because he was still getting a lot of power play time. He still got almost 
three minutes and 20 seconds of power play ice time. And then 41 seconds on shorthanded ice time. Like you can't just plug him into that role. Like he's not that type of player. No. I mean, yeah, I would prefer if they just kind of like, like shared the wealth a bit. So I don't know. Having Caleb Jones playing so much on the power play is just so weird. Cause like how many power play points does he have? Like the power play isn't really performing that great either. No. It's like, Fucking put Jake McCabe out there. I don't give a shit. <laughs> he's got two power play points this season. Yeah. He's just, he's not that guy. He is, he's a third pairing. I mean, I even consider him a death, yeah. a seventh defenseman. Like, I think on any other team, he would be a seventh defenseman. Maybe even. Like, yeah. I, I love the fact that like Jack Johnson led our team in ice time this game. And was the only plus player. That's hilarious. Holy Isn't shit. Isn't that great? Dude, Jack Johnson's taken on a, a monster role this year because he's been getting so much ice time and has not looked bad. And it's so crazy to me because, like, I remember just, like, reading about, like, other fans and comment sections on, like, the hockey subreddit. Like, whoever had Jack Johnson, they would just be like, oh, God, he's fucking terrible. He's so terrible. I'm like, I don't know, man. Our team sucks. He's looks pretty a good. Plus player, like playing twenty three, almost twenty three minutes this game. Get that trade value up. Get like a mid round pick for him to a team that needs a little depth defense. Let's go. I mean, he's won a cup. He's he's proven he can do it. He can put the minutes out there if he needs to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, can still go the length. Um, but yeah, it sucks to like I as much as like I don't care if the Hawks really lose that much. I would prefer if they didn't get spanked by the Blues. The other yeah. thing that is kind of like weird is like, go ahead and beat us because I we're not supposed to be good. You're not good. You're supposed to be good. And I just want you to be 500 so that you miss the fucking playoffs and you don't get a chance at getting like the top two picks. Like, just fucking go and be middle of the pack. And then when the trade deadline comes around, like consider moving Tarasenko and consider moving O'Reilly and then don't fucking do it. And then just miss the playoffs and yeah. get nothing out of everything. And I very, very streaky team this year. It started three and oh, then they lost eight in a row. Now they won five in a row. Like, yeah. Well, the only thing I really, I was really it. hoping that was the only game I wanted the Hawks to blow out a team just because I wanted to see the Bennington yeah. meltdown. That's the, only reason I wanted this team <laughs> to mm. light him up, but and the fact that he played pretty decent against the Hawks pisses me off more. Yeah, well, I don't care. <laughs> so, um, I'm trying to see like if they finish like 500. I'm trying this fucking show me. I'm trying to see like where 500, like around 500 percent win percentage teams land in the league. Like, if it's over 10, or if it's, or you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's going to be, like, around the 20th, 20th spot. Yeah, you're probably looking 17 through, probably 17 through 20. Let's see. So, you're not last, finishing year, bottom 10. last year, the Islanders and Columbus finished just above 500 and just below 500 and they finished at 20 and 21 so they wouldn't qualify for like a top two pick in the draft so go ahead st louis finish there that's fine with me i don't give a shit you're not making the playoffs and you're also not getting anything yeah. just do that <laughs> <laughs> so the hots finished this last week uh one one two and one um not great hockey nothing really exciting um three stars for this week's kind of a little bit tough uh, who do you wanna? Who do you wanna go with? Uh, I'll say Philip Roos for one, just because he got his first NHL goal, and it was a a pretty fucking big enough goal. I mean, it tied the game. Um, I'm gonna say Soderblom because he won that game against the Ducks. For one, yeah, he's the reason why that team was even in that game. Like they should not have been at all. Yeah. Yeah. 
fucking Jared Tenorti, man. Tenorti. Two goals. Two goals in the game with a game winner. Why not? All right, so what's more of a first star, Tenorti or Soderblom? Uh, probably Tenorti. The only game-winning goal of the of the week. <laughs> All right. Um. So then, kind of looking ahead. Um. So between the now and the time we record next, we're gonna record a little bit early next week because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, the Hots play twice. Uh, tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this. I'm gonna upload this as soon as we get done, so it will be up before. Uh, but anyway. Oh, they, for sure. They go to Boston and play. An absolute wagon, fifteen and two Boston Bruins. Who, who the fuck saw that coming this year? Watch them beat the Boston Bruins. Hilarious. <laughs> um, watch them fucking win. It's gonna be hilarious. And then they're back at home on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are seven seven and three. And the main attraction for that game is it is the Hosa Jersey retirement night. Um, it's gonna be a really cool atmosphere. I'm very excited to be going to that game and kind of taking that all in. So. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, and that'll be what to kind of look forward to here. Um, one thing I kind of was looking at as, as well um, regarding the Hawks, kind of coming up with their schedule and kind of looking at the standings we are kind of talking about, you know, where does 500 uh, put you? Right now, based on points percentage, the Hawks currently sit at the eighth overall pick territory um, for next year's draft. They are in the top 10, so they will – be into the draft lottery as yeah. of right now. Um, so I think that right there, why that's important to bring up is that this team isn't doing good by standings reasons, but we are enjoying some decent hockey minus this last week. We're watching them be competitive, you know, staying in games, they're winning games. The ones that are losing they're 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 fighting to the very end. So yeah. it's like it's a nice reminder for it's like if you see it, this team doing well, it's not like oh fuck, like they're they're blowing this rebuild the first year into it. It's like well no, you got to look at the bigger picture of everything. Just because you see a win here and there, doesn't mean that they're actually moving high up in the standings. They're still near the bottom, um, and they're still going to be in that draft lottery position and potentially could be towards the bottom of the league by thanksgiving yeah i mean it's literally in a week <laughs> their schedule is very tough coming up like i said boston pittsburgh pittsburgh's a little like you know what are they they they've kind of pittsburgh gone... is literally 500 right now yeah they're on a cold streak right now um following pittsburgh but even after that they got like dallas right they got dallas the wednesday before thanksgiving then they got montreal which i mean is montreal but they're still they're in the middle of the pack right now too um, then they got Winnipeg, Edmonton. What's the Kirby Doc revenge game? Yeah. Oh, don't say that. Oh. Um, but then after <laughs> then open up December, like listen to the schedule. December, it's New York Rangers, New York Islanders, New Jersey Devils, the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, those are, those are all losses. <laughs> um, Washington, who I mean, they're not playing great, but I still think that they're I mean, that's a revenge game, Dylan Strom revenge game. Um, yep. Vegas, Vegas again. Um, Minnesota, who Vegas um, is also playing very well. Yeah, Mark Andre Fleury just went down, so Minnesota is like right above us in the standings at this time. Um, New York again, Nashville, who's starting to figure it out, and then Columbus, right before Christmas, and then let's just finish. You know, keep going. We'll finish the month. Carolina, St. Louis, and Columbus again. That's a fucking tough month. I mean, you're looking at possibly two wins this month of this the month of December. Maybe three with Minnesota. Oh yeah. Like this team's gonna mm. it's gonna fall back to earth. Everybody that's scared that this team's ruining this rebar uh, this rebuild and losing their shot at Bedard. Or yeah, right. Fant uh, how do you uh, who is it? Um, Fantilli. Fantilli or Mitchkoff. Oh my God, Fantilli has been fucking tearing it up in Michigan too. Holy shit. Um, I think he leads all of NCAA in points. Um, but, yeah, the losses are coming, guys. And then once December happens, you look, you're going into the new year, and this is the time where you're going to start looking at, okay, where's King going? Where's Taves going? Like, now yeah. is the time you're going to start seeing the trades happening January, February. So it's 
get buckle in. Like we're we're heading towards what we thought this season was gonna be. Like, thank God we had the October we did and the start of November we did because at least we had something to you know keep us keep us into this because oh shit, it's gonna get bad and it's gonna get bad quick. Yeah, I think like it's just going to show that like we just don't have those guys, but what we've seen is I think that the coaching has is a big reason why they played so well in those first few games. Definitely. Um, and so that's why I'm even more excited for Luke Richardson, especially like when we start to like settle into like an actual team, because I mean, this isn't the guys where I don't know who on this team is going to be here in three years, but not much. Um, I was, I was kind of talking about this um, on hockey buzz. Um, one of the, readers kind of commented like you know yes i like this team but i don't see anybody blah 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 going forward by 2030 kind of thing and it's like this team that we're watching this year by 2030 yeah is that what you just said yeah this oh my god team, yeah this team here is built as a transition team they're built to get out of yeah. the cap hell and the bad contracts that stan bowman screwed this team with they were using this year to move contracts, take on what they can, give Kyle Davidson as clean of a slate as possible to start the rebuild. That's why it's like really honestly, the rebuild doesn't technically start, I think, until next offseason because you're still dealing with a lot of state human yeah. era stuff and you're trying to get out from underneath that. Um, and then to kind of go off of what you said about Luke Richardson, too, if anything, the first couple months of the season, or the first month and a half of the season, I see it as a, as a moral victory for Luke Richardson. He has got the confidence that Jeremy Carlton never was able to achieve um, with yeah. the fan base and with management and all that kind of stuff. Like we know he's the guy for the, he's, he's the guy for the role now. Like we know what he can do and he's shown with a sample of decent players, not the greatest players, but I mean, some decent players. I mean, it's anytime you, you got Kane and Taves in your lineup. I mean, whatever system you have, it should see some sort of outcome out of it. But now it's like, okay, this is what he's going to be able to do. Here it is. Let's build around this and let's get people excited to come to Chicago once again and, and make this a reality. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have much else to add to that. It's just, it, it's going to be rough coming up. It's going to be real rough, but in the long term, things are going to be much better. <laughs> it's not. It's it's not a quick fix, and we we've, we've said yeah. this from the get go. This is not a one year build on the rebuild on the fly type of thing. It's a three to five year process, and it's not just going to be. It's not NHL twenty three, and you just sim five years, and okay, boom, here we go. Let's time time to win. Rebuild over. Yeah, like it's going to take time. It's going to take patience and. You got to either accept that or you honestly, you're going to have to just get off, get off this fan base and just not pay attention to this team and come back in five years when they're good again. Like, I mean, I hate to say it that way, but there's really no other options. <laughs> Deal with it or don't. That's why I moved, man. I can't, ha I can't, I can't <laughs> handle the rebuild in, in Chicago. I got, that's why I had to move out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, the last note I have for hot stock, um, Hawks prospect Nolan Allen was involved in a monster junior trade. Um, he got sent over to the Seattle Thunderbirds. So now he gets to play on the same team with Kevin Korchinski. Don't think they're going to play a lot. I think they're both left-handed guys, so they probably won't play together um, a lot, maybe on power plays or stuff like that. But kind of cool to two guys that are kind of seen as higher-end defensive prospects now on the same team and can kind of – I mean, two first round picks. Yeah, build some build some chemistry together. At least you know, the buddy system type of thing. You know, if anything. Um, it was funny because like when you had sent us the text in our group chat, and the text preview just said Nolan Allen traded, and I immediately was like, "Yo, Richardson or no, Davidson? It does not give a fuck about <laughs> Bowman first round picks." <laughs> I was like, "Please." Lucas Reichel, don't get rid of him. And then it was like, oh, traded in the in in the WHL. Like, okay, Thank it was God. crazy. It was like, like oh, man. it was like um, and another player for like three first round picks or four. Oh, it, it was, was insane. 
Yeah. Oh, in, in the CHL, like picks fly. They go flying because the turnaround on, on teams is insanely quick. Like if you if you want your window to be this three year window for like this certain player, trade all your fucking picks. It doesn't matter because once they make the NHL, your team's going to be shit. And you get all your picks back because you don't hold on to kids for yeah. longer than like three years. Um, one of the things that I forgot that I just remembered. Uh, team Canada World Juniors announced their lineup, I believe, oh, their yeah. team. And of the seven defensemen, the Hawks have three guys on there. Let's go. Um, it's Del Mastro, it's Nolan Allen, and Kevin Korchinski. Pretty I, cool. Three of seven Hawks prospects. <laughs> I'm really excited for the Del Mastro kid. Like he yeah. really impressed me this preseason. And like I'm just oh, He's God. a fourth round pick. I saw a lot of things saying that it was the kid was going to be a steal. He's got 16 points in 15 games right now too, in uh, Mississauga Steelheads. I mean, I want I, I this is that's what's also so exciting. We keep saying it, man, but like paying attention to these prospects and like getting excited for what the future holds because like before when we're a good team, like paying attention to the prospects really doesn't helpful because typically that's a trade chip to get somebody in the trade deadline. You never want to get like emotionally attached to any prospect because yeah. it's just, okay, well, he's the sweetener uh, to get the, to get that piece. But no, yeah, it's super exciting. Yeah. Um, just, like, God, I cannot wait for this team to, for these guys to all get to the NHL because it's like, it can be so fucking good. <laughs> like, right. Other um, quick Hawks things too was uh, Regula got sent down and Ian Mitchell's got brought up. So we've probably seen Ian Mitchell in this upcoming game on uh, what the fuck on Boston. Ooh, yeah, it's not a good start. I mean, not yeah, Mitchell game. Mitchell came back from the injury, got on there, and I think he got an assist or a goal like the first game back. Um, so he, oh yeah, yeah, he was buzzing out there. So, um, I'm excited to see him get out there, and hopefully, that means Caleb Jones will be coming out too. Hopefully, they'll be able to sit him, uh, and let him. Let him uh yeah, friendly says that he's got three games played currently in the on for Rockford and he's got two goals and three assists in those three games. Five points in three games for Sounds good to Mitchell. Me. I think he uh I think he's ready. Let's go. Yeah. I yeah. hope so. That'd be cool. I mean, they're gonna it, right now it looks like they have uh Caleb Jones scratch, which makes sense after that minus five performance. <laughs> so bad. But yeah. Somebody I forgot who was on Twitter, but during I think at the point it was the point when Caleb Jones was minus four and he this person quote tweeted somebody talking like bring up Ian Mitchell and he goes he goes man life is just a full circle we're already back to Ian Mitchell's the savior of the Chicago Blackhawks defense because <laughs> <laughs> you know he's really excited for all these prospects bring him back yeah so um yeah I got nothing else for NHL talk unless you want to give a favorite host a moment really quick We'll we'll book in on a hosa thing. Uh, ooh, um, I think one of the most I the first time when I was watching the Hawks, and was extremely impressed with what hosa could do was, I can't remember if it was Sharp or Kane, got a like passed it across the like top of the circles and the puck went flying in the air. No, I can and, he just, and he and he just catches it, goes to put it down and then just swats it in before it even touches the ice. And yep. I was like, this man, this man's incredible. Yeah. This man is so uh, fucking good. Well, shit. I was going to go with that one too, because that was fucking <laughs> awesome. But, um, and then just the, just the whole 2010 playoff, the Nashville was at the five minute major and then he comes out of the box and he scores the game winner and like, yeah. like his little, his celly at the end of it. Oh my God. I fucking love Hosa. I'm so, he was pumped. just so incredible and like such a huge factor in all of that the Hawks did in those years and, I, and like he'd never i don't think he got as much praise as he ever should have because he was just so quietly solid well that's that what it wasn't like showy but it was like whenever taze and kane or taze and hoses line was out on the ice like they pretty much had the puck the entire fucking time well that's what and it was mainly hosa Taves said about like hosa like this past week there was an article he was just saying he goes he was an undercover legend like 
He yeah. was just this amazing guy that nobody, like everybody knew about him, but nobody talked about him because that's just not who he was type of the type of guy. Like he wasn't the one that demanded you talk about him or demanded the attention, all that kind of stuff. He's just, it was him. He was great. He was one of the best linemates he's ever had. But, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, it's probably my favorite Jersey that I have is like the Hosa Jersey. Cause it's just, I had to get the, the authentic and it's just, so gorgeous <laughs> i fucking love it i legit keep sitting there and i'm like i'm like fuck if they put authentic coaster jerseys for sale at the store at the united center i might have to fucking do it it like, was when it was it was during the transition from reebok and they were doing half off of all jerseys yeah and i was like whip <laughs> whip <laughs> looks like um, i gotta go to the hawk store I don't not plug another podcast. Not that we need to plug this one because they're monsters. But if you haven't listened to his interview on spinning chicklets, um, it's it's great. Just listen to him talk about his career and then him talking about the the whole allergy, the reason why he couldn't play and what he was going through. Like if you're one of those people who are like, oh, it was just a cap thing, just uh for the hearts, like a fake thing. No, like listen to what he went through. It's fucking brutal. It was so brutal. Um, one funny thing from that too is. Biz said something. He's like, "Oh yeah, so you ever get your you got your Arizona jersey hanging up, kind of thing." And um, he goes, "Well, the funny thing is, I guess his brother played for Arizona or like something, something with Arizona. So he had, so he oh, had Marcelo. So he walked in. So Hosa walks into That's the funny. brother's house and goes, "Hey, what do you do with my jersey hanging up there? I didn't know they they sent you one, kind of thing. Like jokingly, like it was so funny. <laughs> like just like him, such a dad Hosa joke. It was so funny. But yeah, congrats That's to so good. I I wouldn't." I would give anything to have another player like Hosa again because god damn man, he was so amazing. And just wait is till we really? get him on episode episode three hundred. Yeah. Hosa. <laughs> <laughs> is there but like really think about it, like is there really anybody close to to who Hosa is now? Like I don't I mean it would I not kind a full, of would not, assume not a... like Bergeron or like a Mark Stone, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe Bergeron. Bergeron like the, it's 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 the it's the two way. But I'm thinking of a winger though too. So that's why I'm thinking like Mark Stone. Uh, yeah. Um. But I still just I think that. Oh man, it's hard to compare Hosa to like Mark Stone in my in my actual head. But I think he's the most comparable. Yeah, I I mean I would agree with that. I just think it's it's gonna be hard to find another Hosa. Like it's yeah. just because it's a different era, different style of game, and. The farther we get into this, I mean, fuck, style, man. When it was Taves, Sod, and Hosa, the demigod, right? And Child and Taser. Yeah, yeah. Sod was supposed what, to be Hosa. What an incredible line that was. Yeah, he was Hosa light. Yeah, but congrats, and then Hosa. Bowman went ahead and traded him. Whatever. Yeah, that's not he. Oh, uh, didn't he also? Didn't Hosa say he kind of he wants a role? Yeah, and... he wants more of an active role. Um, and it yeah. sounds like he and Kyle Davidson, or I don't know if it's Kyle Davidson or or Wirtz, Danny Wirtz. Um, they were supposed to be discussing it while he's in town for the for the ceremony. So that could be announced. Who knows? Maybe Sunday. Maybe they'll be like, oh, and, and that'd be really cool. The Raptor, and here's what he's doing. You know how like the you know be really cool is like they have their set of like older players that they would keep around like Bobby Hull and like Makita and Savard and uh Esposito and like this could be like the new group of guys that like they always want to be around the organization it's like kind of like the legends like Chase, Kane, Hosa, yeah. Keith. Right now too but yeah um it's gonna be cool darling to uh, <laughs> uh Scotty Darles I think Keith, Sieves, Jalmerson, and Sharp are all going to be doing like a a panel before the ceremony at the mm. Hawks game, talking just about nice. how, how much they love Hosa. <laughs> like it's just going to be just that's, a, that's amazing. Talking. Yeah, like it's just just just, just yeah. Awesome why, is Hosa, why is Hosa amazing? And that's just the whole conversation. But yeah, it's going to be cool to be there. I'm, that's I'm so good. That. I I want to see that. Um, I hope they televise it. Or at least like put it on like their YouTube. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But all right, so let's move on to NHL talk. Uh, some quick little uh, notes here. Word. Uh, 
the peak male form, athletic form, Phil Kessel, 1,000 mm. consecutive NHL games. That's fucking ridiculous. And I'll say this, for being the first player to ever play in 1,000 consecutive games, Vegas couldn't chip in for a little bit more than just a track suit. Or it wasn't even a suit. Is that what it was? Jacket. It was just like a jacket. It was a jersey, right? Was it a jersey? I thought. It was oh, a... I don't know. I thought I saw the jersey. Oh, uh, maybe it was. I a... saw the jersey. It said "Fill the Thrill" on it. Yeah, was and that it a had jersey? like thousand all over it, uh, and it, it had like down the sleeve, like the teams and like the. Yeah, it was. Um, it was ugly. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was real ugly, but I mean, it was like I said before. That's Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it's not my style, so. But it was cool. Like it's a cool like thing to have, and it's absolutely incredible the fact that he's played a thousand games in a row. It's never gonna happen again. And that's he will go I, down. Yeah, I, the I only player to ever get that. Well, that's insanity. Um, it's pretty great. Couple couple wagons going right now in the NHL. Uh, we already talked about actually. Really gonna. I was gonna say what what happened with Andrew Cogliano. Because didn't he get like suspended? Has he ever missed a game ever after that? He was uh, like the he had the long he had like the Iron Man streak, and then he got like suspended or something. I I remember. I, I don't I don't know if he's missed a game since then. <laughs> he might have, but yeah, he, he, that was the funniest thing. It was like I mean, a I, he was he was in the lead at one point, and then got like a questionable like call a suspension and then missed the next game and then poof see you later um Brett Burns is the next closest active streak yeah it doesn't seem With right how much 696 696 okay Date so if he what well, damn he needs like 300 plus more games huh Yeah, that's, that's insane. His contract is still – oh, he's only got two years after this one, so never mind. He's only got 160-plus games left, and he needs 300-plus more. Hmm. He's Too bad. Bill Kessel's played more games consecutively than, like, a majority of the NHL players play in their entire career. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's, that's so stupid. He's, he's, he's so good. He's so good. I love it. I don't get me wrong. I love it. I mean, I got Phil's over my shoulder every episode. I fucking love Phil, but it's just, it's so stupid that he's the one to do this. I know, right? But all right. Um, a couple wagons. First one we talked about Boston Bruins, 15 and two. They're on a current five game win streak. Um, probably would have not lost a game if they didn't have the whole Mitch Miller shit to deal with. Um, because they immediately lost yeah, the right? game after that. And then after since then they've been a fucking to Toronto destroying since. Um and then New York, the New Jersey Devils fire Lindy chance started and began the season. They were what like one and three to start. Um yeah, they're 14 and three now. I want and That's then hilarious. recently and there's been Is big, that why they were chanting sorry Lindy? Sorry, Lindy, yeah. <laughs> Like the last home game, there's video <laughs> sorry, Lindy. <laughs> like that's hilarious. That's incredible. I didn't know that they had a fire Lindy chant. That's amazing. Yeah, after four games, because they wanted they wanted him fired last year. Like I think they wanted him out so they can try to go for like a like a Barry Trots, all that kind of stuff. Like Trots. Yeah, and when they didn't do that, the fan base was pissed, and then they started one and three, and they're just were not having it, but. Yeah, fourteen and three now. They beat Toronto in overtime yesterday to to advance to keep the streak going. Um, yeah, I love I love the Jack Hughes uh, quote. Oh God, the un, the Jack Hughes quote during the interview when they talk about like what they could probably do in better. I believe on the power play or something goes like, what can, uh, "Well, we're on a nine game heater, so I think we're doing pretty okay." It's what can you do to for to produce a more consistent sixty minutes. And yeah, oh, yeah, he goes, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think we're doing pretty good. We're on a nine game heater. It's like, what a fucking stupid yeah. question. Why are you asking that question when the team's on a nine game win streak? Like you're up to 11 now. Like, 
like what are people thinking? That's so yeah. dumb. Um, I think their franchise record is thirteen. Oh, they're coming close. Uh, it's yeah. The third, yeah, it's the third time in franchise history that they've won ten plus or ten games in a row. So, very interesting. Um, and then you have an individual wagon, Stop. individual wagon as well. Um, EK sixty five. Have you heard? He's back and he's better than ever. Um, only one player has more points than him this season, um, and that's Connor McDavid. There's another one person tied with him. Both at 28 points. He's got 11 goals and 17 assists this year. Um, he's just feeling it, man. I think he had another four points his last game, too. Maybe. Like, <laughs> he is just... He's he's on, in on every point that they're getting. Which does a lot. It's, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's he should be, considering how bad San Jose is. Um. Yeah, four points against Detroit, two points against Vegas, another point against Minnesota. Dallas shut him down. Uh, two points against St. Louis. Dude, he it's just unbelievable what he's doing. And um, was it Mike Greer's their GM? Yeah, he came Mike out. And said, yeah, they he came out and said that they would consider um an EK sixty five trade. Um, but it's gonna be interesting because. He still has four years at eleven point was it eleven point six five? Eleven point five. It is eleven point five. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's gonna be what's it gonna take to make that worth taking on that contract? Like is it is it worth taking the risk that hey, this is just a, a good year and he, next year he just bounces right back? Do you do you like do you take that chance, uh, especially with the type of cap hit? Even if the sharks retain, you're saying what were we saying, like 25% or something? Or if they, like, I, I saw people, like, a bunch of fans on, on Reddit would say, like, oh, if I would, like, I would absolutely love an 8.5, like, Eric Carlson. It's like, yeah, everybody would. Yeah. But GMs, like, they're, I don't know if San Jose would retain, like, 3 million for five years. Fuck, if it was, yeah. that's why uh, I was saying before that we were recording, I would trade. Seth Jones straight up. <laughs> take the 11, full 11. Yeah, I would take the full 11.5 for the next four years versus 9.5 for the next seven. And, I mean, it, it just, just becomes your, easier to trade in, like, a couple of years. And get your Carlson. Uh, and get jersey. a Carlson jersey, yeah. An EK65 Fox jersey, absolutely. I would love to... F- I mean, I'm not going to do this, but I would love to go back and listen to 200 episodes and find every player we said, oh, the Hawks should get him so we can get a Hawks jersey with that player's name on it. And just see, yeah. like, build an all-time <laughs> team of that. Because I know Phil and Carlson have been always been on that list. Um, yep. So funny. But um, who's not on a wagon this year? The Anaheim Ducks. Um, mm. That's about how bad they're doing, but what's even – worse is they haven't won a game in regulation time yet this season all their wins have come in overtime yeah so if they tie anybody they're not going to win the tiebreaker yeah oh shit I didn't even <laughs> think about it that way Yo, yeah i mean so bad <laughs> it's really funny they're setting themselves up really well for uh, a high draft pick which i mean i i didn't I didn't know what they were going to be doing this year because they went out and they signed Ryan Strom and John Klingberg, but their team is still like pretty young with like the talent that they have with McTavish and Zegris. And then you have like Gibson who's been there forever, who they were thinking about moving, but now like, we're going to go for it a bit. And then I don't know. And I'm a weird one, but them losing like so much is weird. <laughs> It's insane that five points separates the Ducks from last place and will go up to St. Louis at 22nd place in the league. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the things that's kind of crazy. So, like, in in their divisions, like, Jersey is miles ahead of, like, Pittsburgh, 11 points. So, like, the top four teams are – like that, whatever. Boston is eight points ahead of Toronto, but for the Central Division, the Dallas Stars are in first with 22, 
and Arizona is in last with 13. So there's a nine point difference between those teams. So all of the central division is within nine points, mm-hmm. but it's completely different in every other division. Like there's a clear leader and then a, like a loser that's way far down below. The central division is like two wins away in one direction and you're fucking jumping three spots. So it's so is, weird. Are you saying the central division is just that good or the central division is that bad? Half I'd glass full, half glass empty. Bearing <laughs> the division. It, it's weird. It's weird. Because like if the Hawks win the next two games, they jump up. I mean, I mean, if every other team lost, they jump up to third, which is just funny. And right now they're in seventh. Like that's how tight this division is. <laughs> and that's not the case for any other division. I mean, yeah. The Hawks just need to lose. Um, just look, look at the standings too, real quick. Um, do you want to do your "I told you so" about Buffalo? Oh fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you reminded me. I was thinking about this before. Remember what I said? The first ten games of the year—that's where Buffalo is their hottest. You want to know what their their fucking first ten game record was? Seven and three. Do you know what they're what they've done since then? I think they've lost like seven straight. Seven in a row. Seven straight. So now they're <laughs> fucking seven and ten. Oh, I love it. I fucking love it. I tell you, I it's the exact same thing as Toronto losing the first round. I'm gonna say it every fucking year until you prove me wrong. <laughs> Guarantees in life. Death, taxes, and Buffalo gets starts hot and then ends up being really bad. I love that everybody that was like for the, for the start of the season, like, Oh, like, Oh, these teams, like a surprise, like Buffalo. Hey, like they're a real big surprise. They're starting pretty hot. I mean, they might be putting something together. No, they fucking aren't. (laughs) (laughs) Cause guess what? This isn't going to be the first time that they have like a seven game losing streak this season either. It's going to happen again. And they're going to finish in the bottom five of the, of the league. And it's just going to be fucking so funny. I just hope that they don't get a top pick like they have been lately. God. Ottawa, I don't know what they're doing. Everybody's just getting... This is hilarious, actually. Ottawa's the only team in, like, the bottom 12 with a plus goal differential of plus one. They just... I mean, their main problem was goaltending. Like, I... And I think, like, Cam Talbot being... Is he back now officially? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So that was I think that's gonna be I don't think it's gonna be, oh, they're a contender now, but that's gonna make a huge difference for this team. Yeah. They could make a bigger push though. Um I in the just talking about the goal differential, I do think it's funny that Los Angeles is fourth in the league right now with 23 points, zero goal differential. They are exactly even. <laughs> it's just so weird. Awesome. Oh. Austin fucking plus 33. What a, I don't understand that. Like how. What Boston? Yeah. Why all Linus Allmark's having a monster year. They're 10 and 0 at home. Like <laughs> I just, I hate, I hate listen for some reason. I don't know. Ooh, why. I just Osternock's having this sick season too. Damn. Think they're regretting not paying him yet. Oh yeah, because I mean, if he settles for anything under like eleven point five or twelve, that's fucking a steal. And I love, I just love when guys like don't get a deal signed like before their contract year, because then you're kind of like, fuck, maybe I should have signed that. <laughs> like the team, oh shit, should have done it. Um, if I'm posturing out, every time I put up a goal, is like, oh, that's another half million. Oh, that's another half million. <laughs> God damn, dude. Yeah, Jersey's fucking... I can't... I'm excited to see, like, what every fucking team that's been doing so well, if they can keep it up. And then there's the teams that started slow. Seattle still sneaky fucking winning games. Um, I think that they're going to be so quiet until, like, we're almost halfway through the year and people are like, yo, Seattle's still in a fucking playoff spot. They're above Calgary. And it's just going to be like, yeah, like, Metabineers is just... Yeah, the teams are doing decent, and then like, like I forgot who's leading their team, but I think it's like Jaden Schwartz, maybe. Look at, I Um, mean, 
the Rangers, Colorado, Florida, Edmonton, Nashville, Washington, St. Louis, Calgary. All teams that people had penciled in as playoff teams are below Seattle right now. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I thought it was shorts, but I'm wrong because I was getting updates against their game against the Rangers, and it was uh, Justin Schultz who was scoring. He's got like two goals with like a game winner. Um, but yeah, Martin man. Jones is playing unreal for them. Seattle's won some big games, um, like beating the Rangers. They beat Calgary. They've, I think they've beat fucking Pittsburgh every time so far, which is funny because they played them twice already. But yeah, I don't know. They lost to the Hawks. They suck. I don't know what to tell them. All right. Uh, do you got anything else? Um, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the San Ignatius JV team. Oh, yeah. How about that? That was crazy. Thank God it seems to be okay. I mean, there's still two players. Yeah. Last time I saw, there's still two players in the hospital, but they've gone from critical to stable condition. That's um, good. Everybody else is back home and all that kind of stuff. Um, just you think of hearing stuff like that, you think of like the Humboldt Broncos and and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just crazy. What it's even crazier, like when it's like in your backyard. Like I remember playing that team, um, in the HIT league for for high school hockey, um and in tournaments and stuff and just hearing a chicago based team in an accent like that but you know thank god they're they're okay uh for the most part and hopefully they'll be able to get back on that ice soon it's crazy because it feels like the broncos crash was like so recent but what was it like 2016 no it had to at least be 2018 2018 okay i think that makes more sense it was within the last four years it's so weird. Like, I think there's it, like a, <laughs> it's like some sort of cartoon thing, but it was just like, if I had a nickel for every time a semi truck hit a bus full of hockey players, like I would have two nickels. And that's not, a, that's not saying a lot, but that's really weird that I would have two nickels. Like that's what, like, how does this happen a second time in such a short time, like period of time? Like this guy was hammered too. He, was, yeah. he apparently blew a 0.13 yes. and just are you fucking kidding me like in charge too with like uh was it like assault with a deadly weapon they're considering the semi-truck a deadly weapon because yeah of, dude like, are you because kidding? of the alcohol level 26 accounts of it too for each person on the bus i mean he's so lucky that no one actually fucking died there um Jeez. september or, i'm sorry april yeah april april 2018 yeah makes sense yeah god damn um glad to hear that they're okay though um for the most part and hopefully the last two will be able to get out of the hospital soon and be able to move on that's and that's probably the worst part of it just having to sit there and kind of deal with all this kind of stuff and it's awesome again just another example you talk say what you want about the hockey culture and hockey community and all that kind of stuff but the fucking hockey family when shit like this happens everybody comes together it's just it's unbelievable all the people sending their wishes and 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 mentioning them and all that kind of stuff it's just it's absolutely amazing how great the hockey family is yeah um that's that's all i got left though all right so episode 201 what do you want to call it um <laughs> damn uh oh shit no cuz i was going to say something about hosa but his retirement's not until, like, or the so, jersey number raising, whatever it is. Um, shit. Uh, what could it be? What could it be? Um, we bad. We're just bad. We're bad. <laughs> we bad, bro. Ian Mitchell, bad, save us. All right, uh, so episode yeah, 201, we bad, bro. Um, make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, social media at WCB Podcast. Remember, like I said um, in the last episode before the Ronick interview, WCB Podcast across the board from here on out. Um, so you you want to find us, you got to find us that way. Um, and, yeah, if you haven't listened to the Ronick interview, listen to that. Come, make sure you come back. I mean, well, if you're to this point, You've already listened to this episode, but go back and listen yeah. to Ronick one. Hey, you know what? Just send it to your friends. 
Tell everybody. It's a great interview. Like, I'm, it's not yeah. like being biased. Go ahead and go ahead and post it on Reddit for us because we're not allowed to post our books. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> fucking. That's what I got to fucking grind a pick with this Hawks Reddit, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. It's too long of an episode, but. Um, all right, so we will uh... get you a Megan's corner. <laughs> we need to have Megan back. I miss a Megan corner. We need a Megan yeah. corner soon. Um, all right, so we will. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. All right, love you, boys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WCV podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast. To connect with Jeremy and Tanner, check out the boys at WCB Podcast on all social media. We'll see you next time.